Hey guys, this is Peter Hurley from the Headshot Crew, and you are listening to the Angry Millennial Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, who doesn't love really well-designed photography clothing? Check out clickgearclothing.com, a lifestyle for urban photographers. All Angry Millennial listeners can use coupon code ANGRYPHOTO to receive 20% off any order. And the first three people who sign up for our newsletter after the show will get a free $25 gift card. Now guys, be sure to also check them out on Instagram at clickgearclothingltd. Hey guys, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Show, where we chat with creatives and entrepreneurs about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, the ugly. Today, we have on the show, Stephanie Meadowcroft. Stephanie, welcome. Hi. Uh, welcome Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course, of course. So you are um, a local to this oh, yeah. area, right? Mm-hmm. Which for me is, is a first, <laughs> honestly, because when we started this, we, we were traveling everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um and talking to people in New York a lot. Went to New York a bunch of times a month. Philadelphia, Boston, Seattle. Um, and in the new year, I made it a point where I wanted to talk to people from from this area. Awesome. So tell me a bit about NYU. Uh, I've always wondered a lot how people enjoyed that that New York City powerhouse of a school. Uh, I know before we started. Um, you know, we, we chatted a little bit about kind of how it's set up, which which I'm sure most people don't know, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah. Um, and what made you kind of pick that school? You said it was an early decision. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, um, I applied to NYU. NYU is technically the only place I actually applied to because I knew that um, that was the program that That's I That's really- ballsy. I know, I know. But since it was early decision, I would have had time to apply to other schools if, you know, I I didn't get in. But I knew that it was the program that I wanted to be in. It's a Bachelor of Music and Mm -hmm. um, the vocal performance program. You could specialize in musical theater or in classical voice. And I really wanted to do musical theater, but have the concentration be on the voice. So um, it was kind of the perfect program for me. And NYU is situated around Washington Square Park, mm-hmm. and um, so it's kind of right in the middle of everything. Like the right. the college dorms are, when you're a freshman, you get situated kind of right around the park, so you're close to school and you don't have mm-hmm. to travel too much. Going right, to so classes. you have no excuses as to why you're late for class. <laughs> right, right. I remember I, I would be able to get to class in like five minutes my first year, and now I have to plan out like 25 minutes to to be able to walk to school but you know it's, nice where do you live now in the city um right now i'm technically in gramercy i'm i'm right by stytown mm-hmm. um up on 19th street so it's okay. it's about a mile walk but luckily the weather hasn't been too bad yet so <laughs> yeah well, that's nice yeah i we uh i being honest i never really hung out around that area much mm-hmm. um when i used to live in new york and and then we, when we travel with the with the show, I've been down there, and it was actually really nice. Like, I, it's it's uh, what a lot of people would equate to, like the nicer areas of the city that have a lot less people in it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's not as crazy as say Midtown or anything else, oh, where yeah. 
which is where I used to work and where we go a lot. So yeah, and especially in that area, it's a lot of students and not mm-hmm. a whole lot of tourists. I mean, people do come to see like Washington Square Park, right. Park and the Arch and everything, but it's definitely much calmer because <laughs> I mean, I like to travel up to Midtown to see Broadway shows and everything. But once once I'm ready to leave, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go back <laughs> back to my apartment and decompress because yeah. it can be really right. crazy. <laughs> yeah, and and people, I never understood it. People would be like, oh, I want to go to the Rockefeller Center and see the tree. Like they would oh do it every gosh. year with their girlfriend or boyfriend, and I'm just like, "Fucking kill me!" No, I, I've, I've like done the it. Amount of people. Oh, I've done it twice in the past four years. So I mean, it's something. It's like magical Christmas time to go up there, right. but also For not five something minutes. that you want to <laughs> hang around and just like take a picture and leave. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, all right. I feel like uh, I, I saw it. Yeah, I feel like I've seen enough. And any good. longer, I might. I don't want to go too short. Maybe just disrespectful, but I feel like that <laughs> two minutes is good enough. Yeah. You know. That's funny. So um, recently we spoke with uh, with Kenneth Klausman, who she is a uh, creative who works at this great company called Creative Live. And it's an online education site. And few people know this about her, but she actually holds an MBA and from Wharton of all places. So she went to UPenn and, and was a Wharton Business School graduate. And it was funny because when people hear that and 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 they you know you obviously go whoa like you know you you wouldn't guess that by meeting her mm-hmm. um that's the thing that bothers her she's like that's just it like you hear it and you have a reaction mm-hmm. and uh for me i was like oh i guess i'm kind of guilty of you know when i when i heard that i was like holy shit that's cool <laughs> but she looks at it like well there's a there's a stuffiness or, or a certain air about mm-hmm majority of people who go there to the point where like she just didn't want to be lumped in with that crowd so she would like kind of really play it low-key um do you feel like any, any of that or is i guess with the with the performing arts it's a bit different in that sometimes where you went to school if it's a prestigious program that that can get you in the door and that can really start a conversation mm-hmm. so is that kind of like how, how what are your thoughts on that um well with nyu steinhardt it's not as well known as nyu tish um tish is more more so known for their um, and what does Tish stand for again? Um, Tish is just the name of the oh, just one of the colleges. The yeah, the one of the colleges within stand for NYU. Anything? I don't think so. I think oh, that's okay. the name of someone that donated to there you the go. school. Um, Some rich old white guy. Got it. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Tish is more well known when you hear like, oh, someone went to NYU for musical theater. They automatically assume Tish. Right. However, um, the program at Steinhardt over the past few years has really been. Um, successful with their graduates. And, uh, I think that that's something that's different about like when people hear, Oh, you went to NYU, like, especially for performing arts, I might assume Tish. But then when I explain like the program at Steinhardt, you know, it's, it's something that's more unique and not as many people know about it. So then it's, it's a different kind of intrigue when, when you start talking about Steinhardt, um, and you know, the program there, because there aren't a whole lot of, uh, musical theater programs that are specifically bachelors of music. So mm-hmm. just being able to talk about that, um, I think kind of changes their opinion because, yeah. you know, it's it's something different and not what they would expect. Right. It seems like a, a lesser known, more more niche uh, type of school, like you just said, where it's not like yeah. fine arts program. It's it's just for this. So it's yeah. a little more a little more focused and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. So was was theater your first calling or was it more like pageantry? You know, actually, um, I started 
I technically started with um, voice and piano lessons mm. and then kind of like um, etiquette classes, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Um, that's how I started with, with the whole art scene. And then um, I started doing pageants when, you know, pageants and um, lessons started kind of around the same time, probably when I was like nine or 10. And right. I, the reason I um, got into pageants was my sister, uh, she got a fly. She, I have an older sister. Mm-hmm. She's six years older than me. Oh, similar to me. And, yeah. And um, she got a flyer in the mail for a pageant. And she decided that, you know, she wanted to give it a try. And of course, as soon as I saw her do it, then I wanted to give it a try. <laughs> you know, older sister yeah. thing going on, looking up to her. Um so that's how I got started, and that's the first time that I ever performed for a large crowd like that um, because there was a talent portion, and mm-hmm. you know I sang for my talent, and that's originally how I got into performing. And then a few years down the line, probably uh, I was probably like twelve or thirteen when I started doing theater. I started with um, community theater at Harvard Community College. Oh, look at that. yeah, nice. Phoenix Festival Theater. My first show was The Sound of Music. And I was the, I was Brigitte. So. <laughs> So that was a really fun first show, and you know, ever since then, I've I've just been doing both both pageants and and musicals, and you know, I did I did uh, musicals in high school as well at John right. Carroll, and yeah, it's just been something that I've been doing and loving ever since then. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, I always ask when people talk about pageantry, have you ever seen the movie Little Miss Sunshine? <laughs> I've seen parts of Little Miss oh, Sunshine. Man. Yeah. I, lo- I love that movie. But you know, the the one pageant movie that I could watch over and over again is Miss Congeniality. That's <laughs> that's the one I that, say, that I really one. know well. That is a good one. A, I can't say I've one. seen the second one. I don't think so. I've but. seen the second one, but it's not as good as the first one. That's how it always yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess since you've been in it so long, uh, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about pageantry, but I'll ask <laughs> you, what are your thoughts on the current state of pageantry? I mean, you you can probably see how in today's world, it's, it's seeming more and more dated, mm-hmm. you know, where, and not to put it down, but we're literally judging women on their talents, walking around in a bikini, and how to answer questions. And in that sense, you're sitting there going like, you know, like that's so uncool, but at the same time, it's been around for so long, mm-hmm. um, you know, that it's just kind of like people who gravitate towards it. Like, I'm sure like you probably have seen it like in the South and the Midwest, like pageantry is like religion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things where it's still very, very much alive and, and well in those areas. But do you, have you noticed like any kind of shifts in the last few years or, or trends and that kind of thing? Uh, well, I think it is definitely something that really reached its peak about, you know, 30 years ago. And ever since then, it's just been kind of sticking around. And I think particularly um, I've been involved with the Miss America organization and they've tried to, you know, reinvent the idea of what a pageant contestant, what a Miss America title holder is, trying to keep her, you know, more modern, not like leaving that dated vision behind. And mm. I think that they've done a good job with that, especially with like the current Miss America in the past couple years, having them appear, um, like be presenters on award shows. And also, especially with with Miss America, they try to make it more than just a, a beauty competition because right. you have a platform which is something that you're you're passionate about and that you spend your year as a title holder kind of promoting. And also with the Miss America organization, they offer scholarship to women. So um, 
like the winner of Miss America gets $50,000 of scholarship money. And that's, mm. that's tremendous, especially with how much going to college costs now. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that while people view the certain competition, like portions of the competition as, you know, being dated and mm -hmm. everything, I think that the overall ideals of the pageant are pure and good to help you know, women get forward in their careers, particularly with the, with the college scholarship money. Mm. And that's something that I found helpful. I've competed for Ms. Maryland a couple of times and received scholarship money from that. And, nice. you know, it's, even though it's a little bit, it still helps. It's yeah, better, than, little, it's better hey, than nothing. Little, free money is money, right? Come on. <laughs> it's, it's better than nothing. Exactly. And, you know, I think that it's, it's definitely something that I hope continues to be a part of you know, American culture, because it is kind of an iconic figure. Miss America is kind of an iconic, um, iconic person. And it's something that I enjoy doing. And that's also been beneficial to me, both school wise and also performing wise, because mm -hmm. that's where I got my start performing on a stage pageant. Right, right. Yeah. Now I have to ask, and you can be honest. <laughs> is there a sense of like sisterhood or camaraderie? Or is it just as cutthroat and catty? <laughs> As everyone <laughs> imagines it can be with like the parents and the, right. you know, and that kind of thing. You find a mix. Right. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's always good everywhere. and bad. I got yeah, it. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> I've been lucky to ha make a lot of friends mm -hmm. through doing pageants. And you also encounter people that aren't so nice and aren't so friendly. And, you know, then you just kind of learn to live with those people, but, you know, not interact more than you have to. It's kind of with, with anything, yeah, with you know, life. with, yeah. with life, you're going to encounter people that you don't particularly like, right. but you know, it's, it's just about learning how to manage that and finding the people that, you know, you receive positive energy from and you want to surround yourself with people like that. And, right. you know, you pageants, you definitely learn how to find those people out and make friends. And I still have, I still have friends that, you know, I've made through doing pageants over the years and it's really great. Do you find as you get older now, uh, those people, is it, I mean, I equate, I, I think I could equate it to kind of like almost like a, a sorority or a fraternity in that when, when you make friends and those sort of things, doing this similar, let's just say parading around on a stage, it's, you know, it's, it's hard when you're a kid and, and you make friends in the, in the, the suck of it, you know what I mean? How much does this suck? <laughs> but you do like it and it's like, you'd always kind of, play off of those things. I would think that as you get older, it'd be a great networking oh, platform. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you all start going on your careers and you mm -hmm. just still keep in touch and you're able to, you know, work with each other or promote each other. You Absolutely. Know? And, you know, I've, Facebook is great for being able to keep up with what people are doing. And mm -hmm. I'm friends with all the girls that I've ever met doing pageants. And, you know, there are a lot of young women that pursue performing or some kind of, mm -hmm. um, arts career and I've I've run into girls that I've competed with before in New York and just seeing what they're up to and how they're doing with their careers is really exciting and there's a good chance that I'll end up working with them one day just because we're going after the same thing and right. trying to work the same kind of job so nice you absolutely run into people like that and it's it is a good networking opportunity because they are ambitious and going after the same career goals right i can't imagine i mean is it is there a lot of you know the people that gravitate towards that like you said eventually go in grow into a performing arts sort of career 
I can't imagine a lot of them being accountants or something boring. <laughs> well, is, is that how we found out too? I, guess. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of young women that do go into the performing arts, but also, I mean, there are many, many women that go into science careers. And mm-hmm. actually, STEM is one of the things that Miss America has been pushing the past oh, wow. couple years. I didn't and, know that. That's cool. Yeah, and um, so there, there's a good mix. It's mm-hmm. not just like anybody that wants to go into the performing arts competes in a pageant. That's right. Not yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. with the draw of the scholarship money, women it's who true. are studying you, anything. Right. You definitely can get a compete. mix of there. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then you figure everyone's doing it for different reasons, but there's people who just do it to hone their performing skills. Mm-hmm. Some people who do it for their scholarship money. Some people do it just to get a platform to launch whatever career they want. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that there would be a good number of people also that kind of get burnt out on it too. Right. Like I figure if you've been doing it since you're like eight, by the time you're of college age, you're probably like, I want to do the furthest thing from that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to kind of space it out um, right. and know your own limit. If if you're finding that you're not loving it anymore, then. Is there like a season a to it? it? Is there like a certain amount of months? Like, or is it like all year? Uh, well, for Miss America, it starts at the local level. So you compete in a local pageant and those. For Maryland, they usually start late fall or, oh, okay. or in the winter. Right. Um, and then the actual state pageant happens in early summer, usually around June. And oh, then, so yeah, it's almost a year. So year yeah, long, it's yeah. kind of a, a year-long process because Miss America's in September. So mm. Yeah, so we just come full circle, I guess. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, you have to figure out if it's something that you're willing to do because it mm-hmm. is a year-long commitment. Right. Um, and it's you can you get out of it what you put into it. Right, so. right. So is it like every year you kind of renew or is, you know what I mean? Like, is it when you, you get, get a new title? Yeah. Um, like for example, one year I was Miss Historic Maryland and I was crowned in. Wait, did you say, what was it? Mrs. Miss what? Historic Maryland. <laughs> oh, still, so <laughs> yeah. you were a history buff nerd? Okay. Um, no, <laughs> no, that was just the name of the title. Oh, okay. Um, and then, you know, so I was crowned in October and then I went to the state pageant. Let and, me see your wave. Come on, show me the wave. There you it's go. Like a good parade. It wave. is. It is a good parade. Wave. <laughs> and then, like, you give up your crowns the next the next fall. And any, if, have you ever have you ever had any kind of drama regarding that, or is it just in the movies? No, I've never encountered any drama no. like that. No, okay. I like to be drama free. No, it's, no. uh, <laughs> it's not my style. Right. Uh, okay. I'm I'm pretty relaxed. So you were Miss Historic of uh, of Maryland, right? Yeah, Miss Historic that? Maryland. Okay, Miss Historic. And Maryland. Um, I was also Miss Bel Air one year in oh, the. Nice. Um, Bel Air Fourth of July parade. That's that's our main event, and um, I got to be at the head of parade, and that was a lot of fun. Nice. I have I've never checked out the parade, but I do know. Oh, I recommend it. It's really fun. Yeah, I do know. So where we where we where we are right now, where we live, they're always do the big fireworks are in the uh the Safeway the Safeway right behind us. Yeah. So we always just walk. <laughs> Just walk, walk over there. Yeah, that's really and, nice. Yeah, and just kind of watch the fireworks, and they're always really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I've known is like the one cool thing about moving to this part of the neighborhood. They're like, yeah, this is where all the best fireworks are. Mm-hmm. Over here. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, I'll definitely check out the uh, the parade. Sounds like something fun. It is a lot of fun. Something I try to go to every year and go to watch right. the parade right. and then the fireworks. It's fun. Right. So okay, clearly we must now talk about. The Miss University of Harvey debacle. <laughs> <laughs> Only because they are already tons of people, like conspiracy theorists, just going fucking nuts and saying like <laughs> it was all a hoax and it was done on purpose because the ratings have been going down the last mm-hmm. few years and they need something to make it relevant. And next thing you know, 
overnight, not even overnight, within hours it was trending, you know, mm-hmm. on social media. Oh, yeah. And they're like, it, it was evident. I don't know if he signed it beforehand or what, but but after that, then all of a sudden Steve Harvey signed like a three-year contract. Now, I'm not sure. It, honestly, I'm sure it was something that, like most contracts, it was like talked about for a while. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, we'll just sign it after the first one. But it's yeah. not, it's like, Congonad does. But of course... People started looking at like that was why it was a conspiracy was supposed to happen, you know. I was mm-hmm. like, mm. you know, uh, here's here's kind of my thoughts. Sure. On it. Um, generally, with I mean, I've watched a lot of pa- a lot of pageants on TV, and generally with a crowning, it happens like right at the end of the telecast, so that way they crown the winner, and then it kind of cuts to the credits, and then you go right. on to the next show or whatever. Right. Um, but with this one, it had a couple minutes. Like they crowned. Um, Miss Columbia, right? Yeah, yeah they crowned Miss Columbia, and then she was just kind of standing there for a couple minutes. It was like, "What? Well, what's going on? Why is she just standing there?" And then right. he cu- he had the time to come back out and correct it. So, I mean, that's the only thing that seems a little a little fishy so, to me. So you're, you're for the conspiracy theorists? I don't I know. It. I don't know because I mean, it, it was definitely good ratings ploy, you know, because then a million people were talking about it on Facebook, yeah. and I have a lot of pageant friends, so they were definitely talking about it. <laughs> Um, all the Steve Harvey memes you probably saw the oh next few days. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. It was like, what is it? Like Happy Easter on Christmas or something. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. seemed, I mean, I, the one thing I saw that was interesting was he he fell on the sword and was like, oh, you know, it was what, it was poorly designed, but it was written correctly on my card. It was my fault, right? But then mm-hmm. I saw... I don't know if it was like Snapchat or Periscope, but I saw a video that someone posted who was like right there in the front row. And you see him screaming at the teleprompter operator saying, you put the wrong name on the teleprompter. Mm. And he didn't like if if you're off going off a teleprompter, like you probably wouldn't check your notes. Yeah, because you would follow the teleprompter. Right. right? So he followed the teleprompter and he said, it said, fuck, Miss Columbia on it. And yeah. then he's a dick, you know what I mean? And you see him like yelling at this guy. And it's like, oh. Yeah. Maybe, you know, they just forced him to take the, take the yeah, rap, it, you know? It could have been that. I mean, I feel like he's a pretty sincere person. Like, I, right. he was like sincerely apologizing when he came back out to say, no, right. you're not, you're not actually the winner. <laughs> oh, it was so terribly awkward. It was. So I'm, uh, I'm sure all pageant yeah. women around the world were going, ooh. Yeah, but... Um, Has that ever know. happened? You've seen that on, your, on a local level? I have not ever witnessed that, no. So that's probably Luckily. a first for a lot of people. It's a first for a lot of people, For a lot yeah. of people, it was yeah. probably a first. And, oh. and it was... as The reason why it was as big as it was, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I just I remember... Know. Yeah. So that was interesting. And the thing sure that was. they would... And like you said, so then you figure if it was... The conspiracy theorists, right? <laughs> they uh, they looked at it like, well, if it came from the teleprompter, that means someone who was produ- like the running the show mm-hmm. was sloppy. But that's not sloppy. Like they probably no, did it on purpose again, yeah. just to to kind of yeah. Get and also ratings. the thing about saying it was on the teleprompter that means that you know everybody on stage would have been able to see it. Because like a teleprompter, especially yeah. like if you're up close, like towards the front of the stage, they probably some of the girls could have seen right so i don't know uh, i wonder if they've done more interviews like people know. you know what i mean like <laughs> under <laughs> just letting people talk. <laughs> yeah just letting she the gossip gave, right you see the girl with like a, a dark shadow and the voice thing <laughs> i was there huh it was uh i saw the teleprompter huh? <laughs> 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 
Yeah. You know, that was horrible. I'm sorry I just said that. It was, <laughs> no, it was pretty good. Yeah, thank you. So, <laughs> I bought it. Um, studying, going back to your, your MOU and your studying vocal performance, right, mm-hmm. as your major. Now, would would that be something that would put you into like a vocal coach career? Or is that more of just learning the skills of the trade to take a crack at it yourself? It's more of being able to do it than yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the musical theater concentration. Um, you take voice lessons as well as um, acting classes and dance classes. So it, it kind of prepares you to go out and go on auditions and try to um, work in you know, the performing arts field. And um, in graduate school, there is the option for you to become a voice teacher. There mm-hmm. are programs that you can do that with. Um, you can also get like a certification to be able to teach right. lessons. But specifically with with my um, bachelor's degree, it would be to go out and perform myself. Right. So that's, that's the ultimate goal. And um, there are different classes that, you know, prepare you for auditions. Like I had an audition skills class last semester that you know, kind of helps teach you how to prepare like different selections for auditions and all that fun stuff. What so, people look for and that kind of thing. Yeah. Right? And like preparing for certain types of auditions and what kind of like song selections you could choose. And I'm, I'm gonna, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I would assume that most of that probably is something that you pick a song that, that it's upbeat and can like maybe showcase your vocal range, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they look for well the appropriateness of the selection to the right. show you that you're going for. Off. Yeah, <laughs> and um, also something that kind of shows who you are, so they can mm-hmm. kind of get a glimpse of what you would possibly bring to that show and a right. particular role that they might see you in within the show that they're casting. Um, it's a lot harder than it sounds. Oh, well, that, you know that brings up another thing. So, I've um. I never, my background, background, my background, uh, I did advertising and then I went to grad school for my MBA. So I didn't have a very visual arts background like most people assume when I was doing photography for as long as I was. Um, so I always wondered, like when you're in one of those performing or visual arts kind of things, what's the homework like? You know what I mean? <laughs> is it literally right. just, you don't have, do you have papers and stuff you got to write or is there like like song history or history of the arts or maybe like, you know, stuff like that. There's got, uh, but then like you said, a lot of it is more. And this is the one thing I like about it is more of the practical. Like mm-hmm. you just said, here's how to nail an audition. Here's how to prepare yourself for X, Y, Z. Here's how mm-hmm. to become a coach, whatever, if you may do that. Yeah. And that seems a lot more practical than what most people learn in a general bachelors of, uh, of science or something like that. You know? Yeah. There was a, definitely a mix of, you know, schoolwork as well as just getting up and doing things in class. Um, I had liberal arts requirements along with music classes like music theory and oral comprehension, like listening and dictating music and as well as music history classes. And um, wait, when you say music dictation, does that mean like hearing a song and be able to, be able to write like the notes and stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, cool. you get like specific, clues about like how to start the the dictation but yeah that's um part of like your training and getting better at listening to music and uh, hard stuff (laughs) (laughs) definitely hard stuff like knowing the notes like an e flat or oh no luckily no you don't have to have perfect pitch um but like if they say oh it starts on an a natural now dictate the rest of those lines that's kind of how it works Um, so we did have written homework for those kinds of classes and as well as like uh like I had a nutrition class one time that I had physical homework for and like a writing the essay class where you're going to write 
essays, go figure. <laughs> but also um, like dance classes, you don't specifically get homework for dance classes. It's just kind of showing up and, right. and, and doing your working work on, and, I guess, like your final your final project in a sense, right? Um, well, there's not a necessarily a final project for dance classes, but kind of a final project in order to graduate is the senior recital, which right. I actually just gave my senior recital in nice. December. Did you kill Woo! it? Did you kill it? it was, I just, felt good about you're, you're it. You're just happy it's over, right? I, also that. Like most finals. You're like, <laughs> yes, the second was, you drop the pencil, it's like, fuck it. I don't care how I did it. I don't care over. how much it's over. Right. Yeah. I passed. Exactly. Yeah. But it was like a combination basically of everything mm-hmm. you do throughout your time at right. NYU. And, and, um, it's like rewarding to see all the things that you've done and what you're capable of doing. Like you have different um, sets of songs. Like I had a classical set um, and then I had like a pre golden age musical theater set, like George Gershwin, like kind mm-hmm. of the classic standard tunes. And then I had a Disney princess set, which Shut is a lot up. of fun. You did frozen, didn't you? No, I didn't do frozen. <laughs> I actually didn't do frozen. I was but. the only one who didn't do frozen. <laughs> no, but uh, I, it was a lot of fun. So and how then, long is it? Uh, like 40 was, minutes, 30 minutes? Well, the first half is probably about mm, 35, 40 minutes. And wow. then the second half, you do, um, you get a little intermission. So you get time to breathe and drink water and all that right. good stuff. And then. Is there outfit changes that go along with all oh, this? Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm so sorry. Of course. Of course. That's silly of me. You got the outfit for the first half. And then for the second half, you right. have a um, character study. Oh. And so I chose Guinevere from the musical Camelot. Um, and that's that was a lot of fun. You do yeah. um, dialogue and scenes, and you have scene partners, and then you do oh, that the is songs cool. as well. So, oh, okay. So yeah. again, touching on the acting, touching yeah, on touching the dancing the and the singing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a good survey of everything that you've done over the over the years at at school. But right, it's definitely a lot of work, a lot of <laughs> scheduling. Like I did, I felt like I was doing the job of a couple different people when you do a show. Like I was directing. Mm-hmm. My character study myself and also just scheduling like rehearsals with the people. I was going to say, did cast. you pull yeah. in? Were you responsible for pulling yeah, in all the actors pick, and stuff? Yeah, I picked the other actors and set up rehearsals, which was <laughs> so hard to coordinate yeah. other people's schedules. Exactly. Like, I, I feel bad especially, for stage managers. Especially that's, college kids. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. like you sit there and say, okay, we're all in this to be professionals, but at the same time, you're awesome. all young enough to be like, People just don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, they're like, what's the big deal? Like, Stephanie, it's not a. I just missed like one rehearsal. And you're just like, yeah. That was the know? one rehearsal. We're going to learn all the music or yeah. something like that. Yeah. You ever, you ever watched, um, oh, I'll admit it, a guilty pleasure I had was uh, the show Smash. Yeah. I really liked it. I didn't I, did wa- I, th- I think I, I only watched the first season. Me but too. Yeah. I only, it watched only the lasted first two. Yeah. I know that. The second season. Right. Because then I started seeing that same actress on um, Scorpion on CBS. Maybe CBS. Yeah. I think it might be CBS that that's on now. Yeah. Um, and that was same thing. I was into it for like a season. Then I just kind of, I, I really, a lot of things like that really, I struggle to hold my attention more than, and the ones I really like mm-hmm. that are really good only last like two, three seasons as well, which sucks, you know, because yeah. it's like, that should be a freaking 10 long, you know, it mm-hmm. could be the new Friends, you know, whatever, you know, run for, right. or the new Seinfeld run for so long. I mean, they just never do. It sucks. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I liked it, you know. I enjoyed it too, yeah. And some people, like the main criticism was how, how polished the audio of the, of um, the arrangements was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I understood it in a sense of, Make it sound polished because guess what? Then 
during the season you can sell like a soundtrack mm-hmm, to the exactly. show like what well, well, that to me yeah, makes that's sense what they did yeah. yeah and you already have all of <laughs> yeah. it done as opposed to oh we'll just do it like a real live rendition people singing and then we'll master it later it's like no i, I get it you know it makes yeah. sense you know mm-hmm. um and it gave you an idea of just how cutthroat that that kind of uh, theater in general i guess or yeah how hard is. it is to like finally make it <laughs> yeah it's almost like being yeah. a professional athlete you know mm-hmm. what i mean like that amount of effort and and nose and dedication and oh, uh, yeah. sacrifices and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty intense you know um so you said you're graduating this year mm-hmm. so that must be you know it must be uh I mean, I remember anyone who who graduates. You have this. It's like a, it's like a love hate thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like finally, it's over. Then party is like, oh my god, it's over. You know. Right now, what do I do? Right, <laughs> right. So, so what are your kind of thoughts graduating in the current climate? I mean, it's like we like we mentioned earlier. I graduated in '08, mm-hmm. but Christ, I mean, yeah. people were just crying at graduation, <laughs> you know. And and uh, mm-hmm. but it, I think it was I liked it because it made everyone be kind of like a self-starter mm-hmm. you know like you, you had to have the initiative of if it wasn't a job within your major well at least you're going to learn a new skill or you're mm-hmm. going to start your own thing or, or whatever um what about you guys i mean it seems like it's uh getting better you know mm-hmm. so it's not like it was back then yeah um but at the same time i just wonder you know like with social media how it is and everything mm-hmm. else you know do you feel like maybe you guys have a better handle on on pursuing your own things and in in a way building your own brand identity? Um, Well, I think that especially with the kind of career that I'm going out for, you kind of do have to be a self-starter. You have Mm -hmm. to go out on a ton of auditions, you know, you make your own website and put up demo clips and just, you know, putting your resume out there. And Mm -hmm. with, especially with that kind of career, that's what you have to do. And, you know, you can run into problems finding a job with a lot of different careers. And, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it happens to be that, you know, being an actor is a little harder, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, there are more people going out for less jobs and going a lot on a lot of the same auditions as you. And it's just a matter of, you ever seen like a few familiar faces on a lot of auditions in New York? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have seen some familiar faces and, also classmates that you go to right. auditions together just to have someone to right, support go system. and mm-hmm. yeah, have that support system. And I mean, what's helpful about going to school for, for it instead of just like jumping into it without having any schooling in it is um, next semester we'll have a senior showcase and the school invites agents from New York city to come watch our showcase. So we sing, I think this year we're singing like two short selections of different like contrasting songs mm-hmm. And, you know, it gives us that opportunity to network with some agents who could then possibly, if, you know, they pick you up, then you have help finding auditions and being sent out on auditions. But, you know, if that doesn't happen, then you just go and do it yourself. And And is that something you can, um, excuse me, (laughs) I'll talk normal now. So is, I know for like college athletes, right, talking to agents at the professional level is kind of frowned upon and illegal in a lot of respects. So is it, is it for performing arts? Is it a bit different in that sense where, where you can start the dialogue because they know you're graduating the next few months where it's almost like talking to recruiters when you're in normal college, you know, for a job and stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, 
they a lot of times through the senior showcase, they will contact you if they're interested and set up some kind of meeting. Mm-hmm. But also you can submit materials to different casting agencies or not casting agencies. Um, like talent agencies. Talent agencies. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if they're interested, then they can contact you and bring you in for a meeting. Right. So, you know, you can kind of take it upon yourself to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times what people do is if they don't get an agent right off the bat, then they'll just go out on auditions themselves and, you know, it's it's harder when you don't have an agent because you're kind of kind of searching yourself, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of work to try to find yeah. auditions that you know you're particularly suited for. And right. Also, if you're a non-equity versus an equity actor, then you know you got a lot of non-ec auditions where you have to get there very early in the morning and sign up on a list, and then wait around until it's your turn to be seen for. 30 seconds and then <laughs> head on home. Whereas if you're an equity actor, then you have, you know, a particular appointment time. Where oh, nice. You can and go what's in. What's the difference? It's just money or? Um, well, actors certain... equity is a union. I was to say, right. If you're, yeah. so if you're union so, or non-union, right. Yeah. It's basically union or non-union. And, um, you know, it's just kind of working your way up to get to the point right. where you can be part of the union and have specific appointment times and not be waiting all day. But, kind of what you got what you got to right. do at yeah, first for sure. especially coming right out of school yeah i mean i guess you are probably used to it in a sense of i mean that you know that you know that struggle for like modeling you know that struggle for acting you know mm-hmm. so it's like the audition aspect of it yeah. and i think like you said that the the benefit to going to school for it is that you start getting acclimated to the hurry up and wait and the rejection early on oh yeah so that when you start going out on your own when you graduate it's like it's kind of not a big deal but at the same time you undergo you fully understand that commitment you're making mm-hmm. um you know and and saying that you know it's it's like you said you have to be a self-starter i mean have you noticed um like chris when we were talking about headshots he started saying that headshots nowadays are kind of waning in a sense of they'll usually take digitals at an audition because then they can immediately send that out to everyone you know, on the back end, as opposed to having a stack of physical photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, you know, I feel like now a lot of times people are paying more attention to your social media channels and stuff like that. So do you see like, do you see yourself, you have a vine, you know, that you upload certain videos to or anything like that? Where um, you can... I use YouTube. I have oh, YouTube. Okay. Um, nice. But yeah, I don't have vine. I like I enjoy watching uh, watching vines, but uh, I don't have my own account. Yeah, I like watching them for like funny cat videos and <laughs> yes. stuff. Yes. Like oh my gosh, the cat videos! I die. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's kind of putting what you have on the internet yourself, and right. on, especially on your resume, just listing like where you can, where someone looking at you can go. Like, right. if you have a Facebook page, like a public Facebook page or a website or a YouTube channel. Then um, just kind of pointing them in that direction if they're interested and want to see more about you. Mm-hmm. There is definitely a more importance on having a internet presence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I would think too. I mean, when I graduated, when I was in school, like texting was new. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right. it was. Uh, I remember back. That was back when. If if you like if people had texting, they could text you. But if you wanted to text back, it's like two bucks or a dollar, and I would never fucking do it. <laughs> right. And people be like, "Dude, I sent you a text." I'm like, "Yeah, well, this shit's expensive, bro. Like, call <laughs> right. me. If phone still call. works, you know." Yeah. Um, and and then you look at it now. I mean, you know, you have college age people like on Vine, right? And some of them are making livings off of it. Oh you know? yeah. And and you, I would think, um, 
if you were in that environment, a very collaborative um, environment in school where everyone's kind of doing the same thing, mm-hmm. that would be like, to me, like, that'd be, I mean, it would be awesome. You know, you sit there and say like, I can get all my friends together. We can do funny stuff. We can all promote each other. We can, you know, launch our careers essentially while we're still in school. And let's be real, half of you probably are easy on the eyes, right? So it doesn't hurt, you know, you know what I mean? Um, and and that would be a, a serious advantage to say, you know, 10, even like a couple of years ago, but let's just say, you know, five, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, people who, like you said, maybe, maybe they had, you know, 10 years ago, they had like YouTube, but it was still so new, exactly. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Or, or they would mail out CDs of their performances mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, that was, um, that was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's you what know, and, did. and, and I mean, nowadays you figure, like you said, you can have your own site, you can have your YouTube. Now do you, for your YouTube, do you just put up performances or you also do like some videos at home or, or whatever? It's generally just performances. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of like in-class performances, um, in school. So, you know, there's some of that. There's also some, um, like I, I've just posted some from my recital and also right. just, um, you know, talent competitions at pageants over the years. Um, so yeah, it's generally just performances that I've done in the past. Um, sometimes they ask for, um, like submissions for certain auditions, kind of like a pre-screening. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you post those on, on there as well, um, depending on what it is, but, but yeah, make them like unlisted. Yeah. You can also just just like whoever has this link can view. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Generally that's, that's what I do. Okay, cool. Nice. Um, so like you said, coming, graduating this current climate, you know, you, you, I feel like, like you said, no matter what or when you're graduating, what you're doing is very, is it's very high risk to mm-hmm. start with, you know? So it's kind of like at this point, you're like, who cares about the economy? There's always going to be some form of arts. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, the pay might change a bit or how big of a staff a certain, um, what do they call the, the, companies right they call them companies mm-hmm. like you know ballet companies and all that. okay so yeah. certain companies uh might have like a smaller staff whatever but at the same time it's still they're still there mm-hmm. you know um so what do you what do you think are like what are some big risks you might you think you might envision to help jumpstart you know your career or taking within your career uh you know I, I love my family and being close to home, but mm-hmm. a lot of times how you get your start is um, going on on touring shows, like like non-equity touring shows is a big thing that a lot of performers start out with or like performing on cruise ships or something like that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that w- that's a risk that I see myself taking, you know, because you're away from mm-hmm. the people you love for several months at a time. And, and I think that that could be something that's, you know, hard on me just because I am so close with my family and my friends at home and... But, you know, it's it's not forever. It's mm-hmm. just something that you take a risk with and you see how it goes. And, you know, eventually you won't have to travel as much. But traveling is definitely going to be a big part of it, right. I foresee in my future. And, you know, just especially being away at college, um, you know, not being near home. That's helped with adjusting right. to, you know, being away from home for a while. And so that's that's a risk that... I think that I'm probably going to have to take in the future, but right. you know, it'll help me grow and learn. Definitely learn a lot too. Yeah, and like you figure, like you said, um, you've already kind of started that process. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it's a natural progression and yeah. saying, "Hey, look, this is what I signed up for." You mm-hmm. know, and and you also are looking at it as you know, um, 
being selfish when you can, you know, and that, right. that was, it was something for me that took a while, honestly, to, to kind of realize I'm you know 32 now and I'm finally feeling like I'm getting it where, where thinking of yourself and being selfish are two different things, you know, where you can say, Hey, listen, I'm going to make, you know, concessions and take, uh, you know, make, um, wow. Blanking out a very simple word. Uh, the kind of things you do where you don't get to do, you don't get to act like maybe a typical 22 year old college mm-hmm. kid. Making sacrifices. You know? there, yeah. Jesus Christ. There you go. <laughs> the sacrifices you make, right. For your career. And you sit there and say like, yeah, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to, you know, forego, see my family every weekend, see my friends hanging out all because no one's going to look out for my career but me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and some people, like I'm sure, are going to take that the wrong way, you know, and think you're being selfish, not thinking of yourself, and and are going to be like, oh, well, you know, screw Stephanie. You know what I mean, like she's not around anymore. Mm-hmm. She thinks she's all highfalutin, you know, whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's funny, like especially with the arts. I mean, that's why you have, let's just say, actors and models and photographers, they get to a certain level, and they're fucking not miserable, but they're lonely as shit because mm-hmm. you figure all those people over like over the years start your 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 inner circle starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller um, because then when you get a taste of some success and all of a sudden people who maybe were not in your life are suddenly back in your life right <laughs> or people who are in your life suddenly change their tune you know and start mm-hmm. asking for money and all those other things right so you start paring down more and and it's it's interesting I mean. Um, it wasn't until I met this photographer recently who was very successful and I asked him his take on it. And he goes, I'm, I'm of the mentality that you put on your oxygen, you put on your oxygen mask first before you help others. And, and it would, that was, we were talking about like how, how you kind of balance the work-life balance, you know, Mm -hmm. um, saying you can travel all the time for your job, but if you burn yourself out thinking, and, and you could be providing for your family, providing for your children, whoever else. But then you burn yourself out. You're fucking useless to anyone, yeah, you know. Exactly. Um, so it's it's I find it interesting, you know, because people sit there and say, like, when you're young, right? Uh, this is a perfect time. Travel, exactly. travel abroad, you know, study abroad. Uh, like you said, work on a cruise ship and travel the world because you don't have any kids. You don't have you're in a relationship, but you're not married. You don't have any mm-hmm. kids, and, and in reality, you have nothing holding back, right? You know, and there won't. You know, there's never going to be a time in your life again where that's the case. And, you know, you can go in with the mindset that, all right, well, it won't be forever. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to be away from everything I know forever. But it's it's a step that you have to take. And, you know, you go into it realizing that, that it's a choice that you make. And, you know, it doesn't have to be forever. But Mm -hmm. especially if you want to, you know, move up in, in your career and, you know, expand artistically, then it's something that you're going to have to do at some point and right. just be aware of that. But also, you know, yeah, make the choice and, you know, get, get better at what you love to do. Right. Speaking of which, you mentioned that you're in a relationship currently and it's long, been a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So is he, um, like supportive of you and that kind of stuff? Is he also in the arts or? Oh yeah. He's very supportive. We've actually been dating since uh, freshman year of high school. <laughs> very long time. Yeah. <laughs> Seven years. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he is very supportive. This past summer I was in Connecticut doing, um, summer theater, hmm. um, 
we performed in My Fair Lady, which is a lot of fun, and um, also a Stephen Sondheim show, Merrily We Roll Along. And he was out, he goes to school out in Pennsylvania, Juniata College. Wow, he studies that? IT. Um, it's kind of, it's in Huntington, Pennsylvania, but it's near State College. Okay. Um, but this past summer, two different times, he drove all the way up to where I was in Connecticut wow. to come see the shows. And, you know, that meant a lot because yeah. it was like a five plus hour drive. Right. and. Big big time commitment, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's great to have supportive people in right. your life. It's very important, and I'm thankful that I have that from him and also my family. Mm-hmm. Miss, you mentioned your sister, even older sister. So I have an older brother who's seven years older than me, similar. Um, did she continue with the pageant thing? Is she still in like the arts, or is she she transitioned to something else? Now um, she the last time she competed was probably when she was twenty four. She competed for Miss Maryland a few years ago, um, and since then she's been working as a nurse. She, oh, cool! Yeah, she graduated from. Uh, she did like a five year program at Loyola and Johns Hopkins. Oh, nice! And um, yeah, she's she's a nurse. She works currently in the emergency room at. Um, Upper Chesapeake, mm-hmm. and yeah, and she she's a great nurse. She's, nice, she's really wonderful. That's awesome. And yeah, so that's, that's what great. she's been doing. So, like you said, that that's an example of someone who who did it for a long time, mm-hmm. but then just kind of realized that she's wanted to, to go, you know, go on to yeah. something else. You know, trying to change gears a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but it's still something that is yeah, very humanitarian and deals mm-hmm. with people a lot, and uh, and pretty cool. Yeah, nice. nice. So are you one of the, like, is there a lot of creatives in your family necessarily? Or do they just support it in a sense of like, this is what you want. This is what you're good at. Yeah. There aren't a lot of whole, aren't a whole lot of people that, you know, were into the arts in my family, but you know, my mom and dad from a young age saw that, you know, there was a potential there. And Mm -hmm. since then I've always been very supportive of like putting me in voice and piano lessons and, you know, supporting me in my choice to go off to college to study this. And so they've been supportive along the way, which is really helpful because they, you know, they, even though they themselves, you know, weren't into music or anything, they recognize that and, and, you know, just push me forward into it, which was really helpful. Nice. So, uh, I want to go deep. We're we're uh, we're getting towards the end here, wrapping up, okay. um, and we're gonna ask uh, you know a few questions, and you know just you know we're not like we usually we're at this point we're usually like near an hour, so I'm like <laughs> keep your answers to sixty seconds, you know, but <laughs> right. you can not that not that much. So okay, um, name your biggest fear creatively. I think that especially in musical theater, it's easy for young women to be kind of pigeonholed into, you know, particular parts based on their looks. And, um, especially towards the beginning of, of my career, I think it's going to be hard to say no to, you know, getting parts that are like, oh, well, she's like the cute young ingenue and, you know, there's not a whole lot of meat to the part, but you know, that's especially at this age with, you know, my voice, like the way I sound and the way I look. Um, How do I think you sound? I'm, I'm a just... soprano. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I, <laughs> I was like, you know, a mousy voice. I'm trying to wonder what that meant. I'm like, not exactly oh, like, like, very um, like singing, right, singing right, 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 voice. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the and those types of roles, while they're, you know, part of a lot of, especially golden age musical theater shows, um, you know, I don't want to play that type of role forever you know you want to do something that's a little bit more fulfilling and has a little bit more plot like 
the character mm-hmm. is more vital to the plot. And so I think that that's something that I don't want to do my whole life, mm-hmm. you know, and that'll also change with age as well. But I mean, for right now, that's that's what's on my mind with, you know, being fulfilled creatively, but also getting work, you right. know, just what types of jobs and roles that I would be well suited for mm-hmm. while also, you know, not going crazy playing a part that doesn't have a whole lot to right. it. Like dead hooker in, in uh, <laughs> Law and Order or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And then you say, hey, but I paid gig and i got my first imdb credit and Mm -hmm. uh you know rent was paid that month you know so (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's uh and as you know from photography same thing you know you sit there and say i can i can do all kinds of things that maybe are soul crushing but they pay well right Mm -hmm. so you sit there and say well you know make those concessions when you have to right um but yeah it's hard you know it's hard to say um you know that like you said you don't want to you want to excel in certain things but you don't want to be pigeonholed either Mm -hmm. uh you want to make a name for yourself but you know uh in that you have to take on similar roles in a sense to to show people what you can do right you can't be all over the place in the beginning of your career uh and to some extent but you know you don't want to be typecast either which happens you know Mm -hmm. i mean but then you just look at like certain actors like um Ryan Reynolds or Jonah Hill or Steve Carell, who who very much were comedic and they and almost slapstick even in the beginning of their mm-hmm. careers, and now are starting to take on more and more right. you know bigger roles that are more with more meat on them, right, more depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it very interesting, you know. And then you, you figure, I always felt bad for pretty actresses because it seems like the only time they got recognition enough to win an award was when they had some sort of like, like it was it was so outside of what they were known for in terms of being uh, attractive mm-hmm. and anything like monster. Yeah. Like a physical right, transformation. Right. Like where... you have to wear a fat suit or some sort of, you know, skin mask with like scars and, and be physically unattractive mm-hmm. to then go, Oh my God, they really do have acting chops. <laughs> Come on. And like you know? they were, they were always there. It's right. just, you know, the, the physical kind of got in the way of right. it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and it's, so it's interesting, you know, to mm-hmm. say, um, that you, you know, you kind of acknowledge that, but at the same time go, you know, I'm going to do what I can and make my career, uh, launch my career essentially. Yeah. Um, that was another question I had was, was that there at their school for that long? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some people would be like, you know what? I'm taking six months or a year off, you know, and, mm-hmm. and saying I'm young enough that I can do that and still work on my craft and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the rat race is already kind of getting to you and you say, all right, then yeah. I'm going to want to go all in in a year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Do you feel that way or is it, you're just like, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready. To just- um, well, I think that it's good to take a break sometimes from yeah. the fast pace of the city, which is what I'm doing right now on my winter break, which right. is really nice. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's part of what I enjoy about coming home to Maryland. It's just being able to, you know, relax a little bit. It's a different, it's a switch of lifestyle from, oh, for sure. you know, being here in the suburbs and being right. able to drive everywhere instead of walk and take the subway. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I think that as long as I continue to, you know, find that balance, find those times when I can come home and decompress and everything, then I think that, you know, I would be ready to kind of just go straight into it because, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I've been working on for the past couple of years. And it's what I, I, you know, I want to have a career in it. And if I ever find that I'm getting too overwhelmed, then there is always the option to kind of escape for a little while and, and take it easy. But 
especially at this point in my life, I'd like to, you know, get started with it. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Mm. Nice. Um, so usually we, we tell people like, you know, what's the most meaningful moment in your career thus far? And I'm not putting you down at all, but we realize you're, you're in the beginning of your career. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you've been, uh, let's say, in the performing arts for quite a long time. So is there anything that stands out for you that maybe was like a regret or a learning moment over the years or something that you were necessarily really proud of? Uh, you know, I think that one of the biggest moments so far has been too long. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think it's making the decision to go to school right. for the arts because, mm-hmm. you know, that was something that I was debating in high school. Like, well, do I really want to go all in with this right. or should I, you know, do something that's a little safer and, you know, just try it on the side. Right. But especially with this, I think that it's hard to just kind of try to do it on the side yeah. because then, then real work gets in the way mm-hmm. and you can't focus on it the way you would if, you know, that was the primary thing you were doing. Right. And, you know, making that decision, I think, was was a big moment. And just, you know, continuing to work on it after I'm out of college will be very important as well. Like always mm-hmm. taking classes and, you know, continuing continuing to develop the craft and voice lessons, dance lessons, all that kind of stuff. Right. Just continuing on with it even after I'm out of school. So just... Have you found any, um, like, mentors or anything like that thus far? Um, you know, universities are a great place to find mentors. Right. My voice teacher, I'd love to keep working with her after I graduate from college because she's been wonderful. She's been a great help with my voice, making it bigger and helping it grow. And also um, my advisor in college, she was um, she used to be on Broadway, too. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have those people that you can go to to ask for advice right, and everything. They, and, they, and they've seen shit, right? Like they're not, yeah, like they've been, been there. Right. They've been there and... You know, just having someone that you can ask questions Mm -hmm. about it. I've asked her questions about a lot of things before and just knowing that I have that relationship and can continue to talk to her if I need to. Right. Nice. That's good. You know, because like you said, it's, it's, uh, I think very important in terms of the arts, you know, that you, um, that you especially are, are seeking, well, not only that, but in the professors and the staffing that they have people who, who generally have seen things and can give you real life, real world mm-hmm. advice. Yeah. Um, then necessarily someone who was their last time that they were relevant was like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's not always good. And, and I'm sure the same thing, like you say, where if you have these relationships in school, with these working professionals where you say, okay, there's, like you said, there's no reason why going forward we can't continue. And then when you graduate, you make that transition from student teacher to colleagues, mm-hmm. you know, and in a yeah. sense you're like, okay, now that's a probably a very interesting transition in itself as well. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that kind of plays out, but I mean, you know, it's a transition that is going to happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Right. 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 So, yeah. so what would you say is your biggest learning moment thus far? I think learning to, especially with developing the voice, learning mm-hmm. to be patient with it because, right. you know, it's it's a physical part of your body and the voice doesn't finish maturing until you're in your 30s. Really? Yeah. Did not know um, that. And, oh my God, listen to me now. <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just, 
like treating it carefully, but also finding that balance with still being able to use it the way you want to, but also listening to your voice teacher because, you know, when, when you get into college, you're like, okay, I want to sing all this, all this different type of repertoire and I want to belt and, you know, your voice isn't quite ready for that yet. And just learning how to be patient and hurt yourself that way. Yeah. You could definitely hurt yourself, develop vocal nodules. You know, you don't want to injure yourself too early on. Right. So that way you, have a lasting career once you right. finally start working and you don't have to worry about a prior injury or, or like injuring surgery. yourself again. Like, you know, like yeah. Adele had or other, other vocal mm-hmm. artists where they say they sang so much, they break their, their yeah. vocal box. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, that's a scary, a scary reality of it because you know, if that's what you make your living off of, then you're going to be using it a lot. Right. And you want to make sure that you're using it healthfully. Right. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I never knew that. Thirty years mm-hmm. takes to develop. In your thirties. That's pretty it's a cool. Long time. Yeah. yeah, and especially with classical singers, they have to. Um, a lot of times, class- classical singers go to graduate school. Um, but you know, when you start getting like leading roles in operas, that's generally when you're in your thirties because the voice takes right. a while to develop. Right, and then you figure, then you're right. Your 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 voice is maturing into a teenager, in a sense, mm-hmm. just like you know you are. And yeah. And uh, and you're able to, to maybe not even have necessarily have that range because not everyone everyone has that. Most people maybe like you said have a certain range or, mm-hmm. or pitch their vo- their singing voice, and that's what it is their whole lives. But you start honing it more and more, and, mm-hmm. and you're able to be a lot more confident and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, like I said, thank you again for taking the time out today. Absolutely. Hope you enjoyed. Um, so, lastly, who is someone that you would like to hear us talk to on the show? <laughs> Ah, uh, can it be anyone? Absolutely anyone. Any creative, right? Oh gosh. Um, no one wants well, to talk to like your accountant. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how easy it'd be get, to get a hold of her, but I hey, absolutely take some swings, yeah. love Kristen Chenoweth so much. She is amazing, and I think she's also is she, hilarious. Is she an act? I don't even know. Is she an actress? She or? is an actress. She's a Broadway actress. She's also um, a singer and. She's been a lot of Broadway shows. She's she's great. Anything I would probably know? Uh, Wicked. Oh, okay. she was the original Glinda in Wicked. Nice. Yeah. All right. I know that was one of the songs you had on your, on your YouTube, popular. Right? Yeah, she yes. sings popular. Yeah, I've been I following her that. for a long time. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So I will definitely get her info from you. <laughs> Sounds good. Even just spelling her last name, it seems very complicated. <laughs> just look. I'll just uh, point you in a direction. Let you look her up. There you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> See yeah. who she is. Right. 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 <laughs> Um, but uh, but again, hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for coming on. And it was nice to talk to. Uh, I don't think we've talked to any any kind of singers. We talked to an actor, but not any really kind of singers or performers in that awesome. sense. Awesome! So, I'm glad I could be the first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, definitely. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you around town. Yeah. And if not, uh, enjoy New York, and congratulations on graduation. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks. You too.